Hi, my name's Becky B, and this is episode 14 of the Concentrated Groundercast, five-minute commentary on the CW's The Hundred. I'm talking about episode 306, Bitter Harvest. I want to start this week with Pike and Bellamy. Pike has decided that the Arcadians need to wipe out a grounder village to grow crops. Everything's very binary to him, fight or die, and really, this is all just to propel the action because there's no way that the Rocky Mountain Village is better soil than the lakeside meadow surrounding Arcadia. It really doesn't make sense. But this is TV, so we will just hand wave that away and go with it. A few days ago, I wrote a little meta on Tumblr about Bellamy and how I thought that he could find redemption for his part in the massacre. But my hopes grew dimmer when he went charging into the grounder village, machine gun in hand, ready to kill innocent people. I'm not sure how far the writers can take him down this road and still have him be redeemable. I can't say enough about Octavia and how kick-ass and awesome she's been. This girl needs her own superhero spin-off. However, the sad byproduct of Octavia's heroic actions this week was the death of Monroe. Monroe's been a background character since season one and has been on the chopping block many times, but somehow has made it through. She even died in a season two episode script, but that scene was cut out. Jason Rothenberg said last year in an interview that he was saving Monroe for a time when he needed a meaningful death. So this is where he chose to use it. Monroe's death proves that Octavia can't go on playing both sides. Talking now of the City of Light plot. I was disappointed with the scene where Jaha was distributing the keys to the City of Light. That scene was purposefully designed to look like some sort of communion, with Jaha placing the key on Arker's tongues. There's no real reason for them to do this that way, other than to draw a connection between current religion and this plot of City of Light brainwashing. He's never put it on people's tongues before, so why now, I ask you? For a show that prides itself on acceptance, it's slamming religion pretty hard. I'm glad Abby stepped in and started asking questions. Jaha's explanation about the key and that it attaches to the brain and it blocks pain receptors, I'm not sure where they're going with that from here, but I hope that they explore what the consequences are when you take pain away. And I think they hinted at some of that when Jaha forgot about his son Wells. Let's talk about Clark and Lexa. First of all, all of Clark's scenes with Emerson were amazing. The actor who plays Emerson, Toby Levins, his performance was so deep and haunted. I think it's the best we've seen of Emerson so far, and I hope we get to see more of him in the future. This show is doing so well at presenting where all the characters are coming from. Even if you don't agree with the characters, you can totally understand their point of view. Clark's conversation with Titus was another standout, and I actually found myself agreeing with Titus in places, because Lexa's new policy is troublesome. I'm surprised that there's no talk of bringing individuals to justice for the slaughter, or no assassination attempts on Pike, or no talking of bringing responsible parties forward. No consequences at all, really. And I understand why her people are frustrated with this policy, because heck, I'm frustrated with this policy. Blood must not have blood seems like all mercy and no justice at all. At times, Clark came across this episode as more of a game player than a political revolutionist. 
At the end of the episode, Jaha mentions the thirteenth station. The thirteenth station was one of Finn's throwaway lines in the first season episode Unity Day, and it's never come up again until this episode. We don't know much about it at this point. We just know that it's tattooed to Lexa's back, and the pod or whatever it is is in Polis, and Titus is the keeper of it. We also learn that Titus is not a very nice guy. So there's a few ways that this alley thing could go. And I'm not going to go into all the fan theories because there are way too many to count. But let's just say that this Alley 2.0 seems to be at the core of grounder religion and is related somehow to the Nightblood system and how commanders are chosen. And somehow this show totally blows my mind again. This has been Becky B for the Concentrated Groundercast. Thanks for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at Groundercast or Tumblr at Groundercast. If you like what you hear, leave me a five-star review on iTunes.